Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Body Justice. I started this podcast because I believe that all bodies are good bodies. All bodies are deserving, worthy, and all bodies are whole, just as they are. In today's world, it's ever hard to embody this as our truth. My mission is to create a space to process body image, eating disorders, and relationships through a justice-oriented lens. I'm a licensed therapist in California and an eating disorder survivor myself. I know what it's like to be at war with myself and also to find peace again. Thank you for being here and I look forward to being your host. of body justice. So something is on my heart today that I really want to talk about with you all. And I spoke a little bit about it, mostly shared posts, you know, um, on Instagram about this, about, you know, the real story of Thanksgiving and how we've all been indoctrinated in this kind of colonial, not kind of, this very colonial um, version of Thanksgiving You know, what we're taught in schools in the U.S. about Thanksgiving is so far from the reality, which for a lot of um, Native Indigenous folks, this day is a day of mourning. Um, Now, of course, Native American tribes are not monoliths. There's different ways that this day is celebrated, and I am by no means an expert. Um, However, I thought it was important to make light of the real history um, and to kind of debunk some of the myths that we carry around Thanksgiving. And this isn't to shame anyone that is celebrating. Of course, we've all created, you know, not all, but many of us have created family traditions around this day. And it doesn't mean that you can't spend time with family or that like you should feel bad for that or... Um, that you can't use this day to express the gratitude you have for your life. That is not what this episode is about. It's more so like how can we express gratitude and be with our family, but also not erase the real history and know kind of what we're really celebrating. Um, and maybe changing the way we do some of these tra- traditions, if that's you know what you take away from this, to reflect more of how you feel about this day after you learn some of the myths that we've all been kind of riddled with. So again, this isn't to shame shame anyone. This is more so to spread awareness Um, and to just be kind of critical consumers of what we're told. This is part of body justice, right? So let's just get into it. I'm going to link all of the resources in the show notes so you can go and do a deeper dive into this. I'm going to start with kind of debunking some of the myths and then we're going to talk about the Thanksgiving address um, that one indigenous native tribe um, has. And I think it's beautiful, beautiful Thanksgiving address. And it's something that, you know, from what I read um, in the book Braiding Sweetgrass was this tribe's way of honoring the natural world every day. It wasn't something that they just did on, you know, quote unquote, Thanksgiving. It was just a part of their daily rituals. So I'm going to end with reading you all that because I think it's beautiful. Um, And let's just get into it. So 
In this article by the Smithsonian, which is a historical journalism magazine, um, it really debunks a lot of the myths. So let's just talk about it. So much of the story that we're told, right, about Thanksgiving is riddled with so much historical inaccuracies. Um, And retelling these falsehoods and painting it in this like really positive light is really harmful to the Wampanoag Indians who whose lives and society were forever damaged after the English arrived in Plymouth. And side note, I'm going to try to pronounce everything right, but I may get some things wrong, so please bear with me. Um, so when the pilgrims landed in Plymouth in 1620, um, the chief of the Wampanoag tribe um, offered new arrivals kind of like a peace treaty, right? Um, Primarily as a way to protect the Wampanoags against their rivals. Um, For 50 years, there was this alliance that was tested by colonial land expansion, the spread of disease, and the exploitation of resources on the Wampanoag land. Then, tensions ignited into war, known as the King Philip's War. The conflict devastated Um, the Wampanoags and forever shifted the balance of power in favor of European arrivals. Wampanoags today remember the pilgrims' entry into their homeland as a day of deep mourning rather than a moment of giving thanks. This is really important. This is so different than what we've been taught in schools, right? Um, Wampanoag people have a lot of conversations about this in which they talk about how burdensome Thanksgiving is for them, particularly for their kids. You know, there's Wampanoag adults who have memories of being a kid during Thanksgiving season, sitting in school, feeling invisible, and having to wade through the nonsense that teachers were shoveling their way. They felt like people's history as they understood it was being misrepresented. Um, They felt that not only their classes, but society in general was making light of a historical trauma that weighs around the neck, their necks like a millstone. Those stories are really powerful and these are stories that we need to be talking about because again, this erasure that happens when we only tell this kind of, you know, fairy tale light story of what actually happened, it just erases the history of these people and is results in colonialism. It is colonialism in action. So the myth of Thanksgiving, right, is that there were these friendly Native Americans, you know, we, we never even knew the tribe, right? Who, who listening has actually heard the name of the tribe spoken when talking about Thanksgiving? I sure haven't, you know, this is something I had to do my own research on. So there's this myth that Native Americans welcomed the pilgrims to America to teach them how to live in this new place, to sit down and have dinner with them, and then they disappear. They hand off America to these white people so they can create a great nation dedicated to liberty, opportunity, um, and for the rest of the world to profit. That's the story we're told. Um, It's about Native people conceding to colonialism. It's bloodless and in many ways just... It is just an extension of colonialism and erasure, right? So what are some of the most inaccurate things about this story? Well, one of 
one that history doesn't begin for Native people until Europeans arrive. You know, that's Native Americans have been here for 12,000 years um, before European settlers arrived. And in, according to some Native traditions, since the beginning of time. And having history start with the English, you know, in the U.S. is a way of dismissing all of that. The second biggest myth is that the arrival of the Mayflower was some kind of first contact episode. And it wasn't. Wampanoags had a history of contact with the Europeans, centuries of contact. It was bloody and it involved slave raiding by Europeans. At least two, maybe more Wampanoags than pil when the pilgrims arrived spoke English. They had already been to Europe and back and knew the very organizers of the pilgrims venture. Most poignantly, using a shared dinner as a symbol for colonialism really has it backwards. No question about it, Wampanoag leaders reached out to the English at Plymouth and wanted an alliance with them. But it's not because they were innately friendly towards the Europeans. It was because his people had been decimated by an epidemic disease. Um, and saw the English as an opportunity to fend off tribal rebels. That is not the stuff that we hear about in Thanksgiving pageants, right? The Thanksgiving myths don't address the deterioration of this relationship, culminating in one of the most horrific colonial Indian wars on record, King Philip's War, and doesn't address the Wampanoag survival and adaption over the centuries, which is why they're still here despite the odds. And when I talk about the epidemic of disease, that is something that European settlers brought over. And we could do a whole deeper dive onto that, but I'm gonna leave it at that for now. And all of this is tied to diet culture as well. Um, I need to do a whole separate episode on that, but you can go back on some of my Instagram posts. I think the one about how is eating disorders a social justice issue? And you'll read there about how um, it's tied to this colonialism that happened when European settlers stole this land. So this is heavy stuff, right? Like this is so different than what we've been taught. Um, and that's for a reason. This is purposeful. This is colonialism. So I really want you guys to do deeper research into this. Of course, I am not the person, I am not the expert. I'm just sharing with you some of the research I've done in the last few years on this um, and want to offer different perspectives on this holiday and not gloss over the very real realities of colonialism in action today. So let's talk about some ways that we can support Native Americans on this holiday and every single day. Number one, land acknowledgements are so important to combating the erasure. So you can look up what stolen land you live on um, by resources like www.native-land.ca um, and just acknowledging whose land you're really on, right? Um, imagine if your home was stolen from you and never talked about again, right? That's painful. 
um, that makes people feel invisible, unimportant. Um, it's such a trauma that permeates through all groups of Native folks. So before going any further, you know, I'm in San Diego, California, which is Kumaye land. Um, and Kumaye people are still here. So again, acknowledging whose land you're on is really important. Um, it's also important to find ways to uplift Native people and causes close to them, no matter how you feel about the holiday. So seeking out Native American authors, activists, artists, and chefs, supporting their work, listening to and uplifting their perspectives, and making sure your support goes beyond Thanksgiving and holidays like Indigenous Peoples Day. Learn about the causes that are still affecting Native people, such as healthcare, violence against women, and land disparities. And, you know, acknowledging, like I said, whose land you're on. Another simple thing you can do is steer people in your life away from the harmful stereotypes against Native Americans that might appear in school curriculum, sporting events, holiday decorations, learning about cultural appropriation and why it's harmful. I'll link, like I said, resources to this stuff in my show notes so you can do a deeper dive into this. When you're planning your Thanksgiving meal, consider buying foods um, from Native American growers in your area. You can make donations to local Native organizations. Um, there's tons of different places you can donate to. First Nations Development Institute, Native American Heritage Association, in partnership with Native Americans. Um, so I will link a bunch of ways to do this in the show notes, like I said. And I hope that you consider that. And again, it's not about um, shaming anyone for celebrating this holiday. We are all a part of this. Rather, it's let's get to the real story and let's make sure we're not losing sight of what really happened and not erasing, contributing to the erasure of Native Americans. So the Thanksgiving Address by the Haudenosaunee people um, this is the greetings to the natural world that they, from what I read, and I may be wrong, but from what I've read, that is something that they did every single day, kind of like how in the U.S. a lot of us were brought up reading like the Pledge of Allegiance in school, right, which is very problematic. However, um, the Haudenosaunee Thanksgiving Address is the way that the Haudenosaunee people greeted the natural world every day, and it's, it's really beautiful. So I'm going to read it to you all. Um, you can decide if this is something you want to honor or something that you want to maybe read at dinner tonight. Um, my mom and I were having this talk today or yesterday about reading this at dinner and as a way to kind of uplift the voices of Native people um, in the way that they saw Thanksgiving, right? And it's not just about the act, the day, the holiday that we celebrate in the U.S. It, this is something that was just a part of many Native um, cultures. So just a daily part of ritual of their life. So let's, let's read it. To the people. Today we've gathered and we see the cycles of life continue. We have been given the duty to live in balance and in harmony with each other and all living things. So now we bring our minds together as one as we give greetings and thanks to each other as people. Now our minds are one. 
The Earth Mother. We are thankful to our mother, the Earth, for she gives us all that we need in life. She supports our feet as we walk about upon her. It gives us joy that she continues to care for us as she has since the beginning of time. To our mother, we send greetings and thanks. Now our minds are one. The waters. We give thanks to all the waters of the world for quenching our thirst and providing us with strength. Water is life. We know its power in many forms. Water falls in rain, mists and streams, rivers and oceans. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to the spirit of water. Now our minds are one. The fish. We turn our minds to all the fish life in the water. They were instructed to cleanse and purify the water. They also give themselves to us as food. We are grateful and we can still find pure water. So we turn now to the fish and send our greetings and thanks. Now our minds are one. The plants. Now we turn toward the vast fields of plant life. As far as the eye can see, the plants grow, working many wonders. They sustain many life forms. With our minds gathered together, we give thanks and look forward to seeing plant life for many generations to come. Now our minds are one. The food plants. With one mind, we turn to honor and thank all the food plants we harvest from the garden. Since the beginning of time, the grains, vegetables, beans, and berries have helped the people survive. Many living things draw strength from them too. We gather all the plant foods together as one and send them a greeting of thanks. Now our minds are one. The medicine herbs. Now we turn to all the medicine herbs of the world. In the beginning, they were instructed to take away sickness. They are always waiting and ready to heal us. We are happy there are still among us those special few who remember how to use these plants for healing. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to the medicines and the keepers of the medicines. Now our minds are one. The animals. We gather our minds together to send greetings and thanks to the animal life in the world. They have many things to teach us as people. We are honored by them when they give up their lives so we may use their bodies as food for our people. We see them near our homes and in the deep forests. We are glad they are still here and we hope they will always be so. Now our minds are one. Trees. We now turn our thoughts to the trees. The earth has many families of trees who have their own instructions and uses. Some provide us with shelter and shade, others with fruit, beauty and other useful things. Many people of the world use a tree as a symbol of peace and strength. With one mind, we greet and thank the tree life. Now our minds are one. The birds. We put our minds together as one and thank all the birds who move and fly over our heads. The creator gave them beautiful songs. Each day they remind us to enjoy and appreciate life. The eagle was chosen to be their leader. To all the birds, from the smallest to the largest, we send our joyful greetings and thanks. Now our minds are one. The four winds. We are thankful to the powers we know as the four winds. We hear their voices and moving air as they refresh us and purify the air we breathe. They help bring us the change of the seasons. From four directions they come, bringing us messages and giving us strength. With our minds, we send our greetings and thanks to the four winds. Now our minds are one. The thunderers. Now we turn to the west where our grandfathers, the thunder begins. With lightning and thundering voices, they bring with the water that renews life. We are thankful that they keep those evil things underground. We bring our minds together as one to send greetings and thanks to our grandfathers, the thunderers. Now our minds are one. The sun. We now send greetings and thanks to our eldest brother, the sun. Each day without fail, he travels the sky from east to west, bringing the light of new day. 
He's the source of all our fires of life. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to our brother, the sun. Now our minds are one. Grandmother Moon, we put our minds together and give thanks to the oldest grandmother, the moon, who lights the nighttime sky. She is the leader of women all over the world, and she governs the movement of ocean tides. By her changing face, we measure time, and the moon is who watches over the arrival of children here on Earth. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to our grandmother, the moon. Now our minds are one. The stars. We give thanks to the stars who spread across the sky like jewelry. We see them in the night, helping the moon to the light, the darkness, and bringing dew to the gardens and growing things. When we travel at night, they guide us home. With our minds gathered together as one, we send greetings to the stars. Now our minds are one. The enlightened teachers. We gather our minds and thank the enlightened teachers who have come to help throughout the ages. When we forget how to live in harmony, they remind us of the way we are instructed to live. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to these caring teachers. Now our minds are one. The Creator. Now we turn our thoughts to the Creator or Great Spirit and send greetings and thanks for all the gifts of creation. Everything we need to live a good life is here on Mother Earth. For all that love that is still around us, we gather our minds together as one and send our choicest words of greetings to thank the Creator. Now our minds are one. Closing words. We have now arrived at the place where we end our words. Of all the things we've named, it was not our intention to leave anything out. If something was forgotten, we leave it to each individual to send such greetings and think in their own way. Now our minds are one. <sighs> I really, really love that. Um, it's so beautiful, and I just love how it's... You can just feel the how gratitude is just permeated throughout these people, right? The Houdini Sants people. So, so grateful that I came across that when reading Braiding Sweetgrass. And I definitely recommend that book to everyone. Um, there's a lot to learn about the indigenous way of life and a lot to reflect on for all of us. So whether you identify as Native American or you do not, really honoring the real stories is so important because we wouldn't be here on this land. We wouldn't have everything that we have without the Native American people. And yeah, no matter what background you come from, this is something to acknowledge. You all know that I am mixed race, right? Um, in my side of my father's family is the side where my Mexican side comes from. We also have Native American blood in that side. We have Navajo blood. Um, I think I'm something like an eighth. Honestly, I'm not totally sure, maybe a quarter. Uh, to be super honest, I'm not that connected with that side of my family, although I have like pictures of that side of my family and no some of their stories, but unfortunately we lost touch over the years. So I don't identify much with the Navajo part of me because I just don't know as much about that part of me. Um, something I definitely want to learn more about and I know it's there. Um, but that's why I sadly don't talk about that as much because I just feel like I'm not as connected to it and I just, yeah. But it's got me reflecting today. And 
I want to do more reflecting on that. And I hope this encourages you too as well. I know this can bring up a lot of stuff, right? And I just want to highlight that this is to spread awareness, to combat erasure, to uplift marginalized voices, um, and not to shame anyone, but rather can we like all open our minds together, right? And and bring to light some of the, the truth about this day. Um, and maybe reflecting on like having gratitude on more days than just today, right? And like I said, there's different ways to support Native Americans on this day, and I'll link resources to that in the show notes. I'm also mindful that any holiday is really, really hard in eating disorder recovery, right? So if you listen to two episodes ago, I did an, um, an interview with another eating disorder therapist, Gabrielle, and we talk about um, how to cope with holidays and eating disorder recovery. You can also visit my website um, where I wrote a blog post on this too. And I have various Instagram posts on this as well. Quick update that my new website is eatingdisorderocdtherapy.com. So I'm going to give you guys more of an update on that at a later time, but um, my business is now fully incorporated, and so the name of my business has changed from Allison Ford Counseling Services to eatingdisorderocdtherapy.com, or not the .com for the business name, but that's my website. I'll update you more about all of that soon, Um, but I hope you take some time to reflect on this today, and I'm wishing everyone a beautiful day.